0: Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us online. If you're with us, welcome to you as well. I am the Ross that the vote is on next week. So I uh, would love to get to know you. It's It was awkward the first service, too. Like, oh, we're voting on Ross, and here he is. So, um, But I'm sure I've gotten to know a lot of you over the last many weeks. We've had some sessions of Q&A and talking with you. Um, but after the service today, I want to make some more time for that as well. Um, I'm so excited for our church. I think regardless of of what God will do in the next week, um, in sitting with the elders, I'm just so proud of Mike, and all of our elders are just so humble, and they love the Lord, and they lead our church really well from that place of humility and love for the Lord. Um, That I've just grown, obviously, in sitting with them through this season, and so much honor for them, but also uh, peace with where our church is and how it's led. And so I'm super excited to be in this journey with you, And like Mike said, next week, we get to be affirmed together with the peace that God may be leading us into in this next season, particularly with me, but also just with John and in our whole process. So I'm grateful for that. I had to say that because I just I just was so grateful. So. Anyways, uh, we're in this Make Better Choices series, and today we're going to be talking a bit about seeking wisdom. And there's a few instances we'll be kind of defining wisdom and and pointing out wisdom that may not be. Just preface this, all right? The choice you make means you forego the other item forever, okay? So it's final, all right? If you're sitting next to someone you love that you came with... You know, maybe you'll have a good conversation starter later. But if you don't know someone next to you, you can share it if you want. If not, you don't need to share. No big deal. But the fact of the matter is we make choices every single day, Uh, sometimes without even thinking with our wants and desires, but sometimes with intentional thinking and needing wisdom for them. And so here really quickly, let's go ahead and just practice that. You'll see on the screen, I call it this or that. You need to choose this or that. Cake or ice cream? Okay. All right. I'll do both. All right, next, you see this? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm breaking my own rules. You cannot do that, all right? Uh, Next, we see, uh, I think it's a cat or a dog, right? Yeah. First of all, these are stock images, because my wife, as you'll grow to know, is not a pet person in the home. So we cannot have either of these. That's all right. Uh, So these are stock images. I don't know what kind of dog you have, but cat or dog. Uh, If you're choosing cat, we may not be the closest friends later on in life, but it's all right. It's okay. No. No. All right, uh, next we have this. Football or basketball? Basketball. Football. Basketball. Basketball, right? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, Hawkeyes had a good day in basketball yesterday, you know, decently bad at football, but whatever. We'll go on. Uh, Next, hamburger or hot dog. And these are stock images, and I had a really hard time with this specific hot dog image, but I had to leave it to address it. Is there anyone in the room that would put lettuce on a hot dog? Like, truly, what is that, right? Like, I I have no clue who that person would be. Um, but yeah, good luck with that lettuce and the hot dog, I guess. I don't know. Terrible. We have people at home now. The virtue of watching online at home is they're going to make a hot dog to try it with lettuce now. So thank you. <laughs> would you chat in the chat and tell us if it sounds this is good? I don't know. Anyways, uh, those are some choices, right? So, so simply put, we make choices every day. And they can be funny and silly and not as significant as ice cream or cake. And surely... We probably don't make a choice to only have ice cream and forego cake for the rest of our life. But maybe some of you just did. That's, I'm proud of you. But anyways, we make choices every single day. And, and the whole fact of this series, the, the approach is that how we can make better choices for God. How we can make better choices that God is involved. And today in, in, in our seeking of wisdom and the idea of what wisdom and seeking it rightly is, I'm thinking of our choices in the, in the light of do we seek God For wisdom for our choices, for our decisions, for our moments in life. Do we seek him for wisdom to help discern and decide our choices? So we're going to be kind of talking through what wisdom is, and we're going to define it kind of clearly with you right here. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, right? And so naturally through life, through work and homes, we build up wisdom through our experiences, and yet we apply it, the wisdom we know, to face circumstances all the time, right? But again, let's take a step back. Do we seek God for the wisdom he would have for our choices? And Maybe we can set and settle in that a bit this morning as we read God's word, because my prayer in a moment is for you to hear from God on maybe the steps you need to, you need to take today, practically, to really seek his wisdom for your choices. And again, maybe not it's, it's ice cream or cake, but maybe some serious challenges and choices you need to make for your life. That, that you're, you're within right now. And so I'm going to pray for us as we, before we open God's word and we'll jump in. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word that we're able to walk through it this morning. And God, I pray that you would speak so loud to us. That, that we would just hear you, um, God, this morning through your word. That you would remind us of how good you are and great you are. That we know so true. But God, also remind us how we may seek you. Seek you not only in your, in your word, but also through prayer. And finding wisdom from you for the choices we make. God, we love you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be in the book of James. The book of James is kind of near the end of the Bible. If you have a Bible with you, it's kind of near the back, kind of like mine is. Uh, if you don't, it's right under the seat. You can go ahead and pull it up to the book of James chapter 3. And while you're doing that, I'm going to preface. Um, James chapter three, he's writing this in approach to the teachers in the time, but yet I believe we can learn a lot from their example as well. So in the first half of J- James chapter three, uh, he, he, James is really teaching how teachers should speak. And so we have that classic verse in the beginning of James chapter three, "How we should tame our tongue. right? We may know that. We may have read that before. But yet in the second half it's how teachers should live effectively, right? And we're going to be sitting in that passage in, in, in chapter 13 through eight, or chapter three, verse 13 through 18. I'm going to read it all out, and we'll kind of walk through the text together um, and discover what God's saying about it. So, verse 13 says this, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show up by their good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So, first and foremost, really what sparks from my mind as we read this passage is wisdom's not only knowing what is right, but understanding and living it out. That true wisdom is shown in our lifestyle. And so we see James first, like his first draw here. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show up by what? Their good life by deeds done in humility that comes from what? Wisdom. And so wisdom naturally is something we live out in our day to day. Think kind of practically for a second. If you take a step back, when you go to the dentist, right? They're cleaning your teeth, doing all this stuff. What do they say every time? Floss, right? Flossing is wise. Why? Because our teeth are actually the one thing in our body that cannot repair itself. So teeth, when they decay, they stay in decay. They need fillings, right? And so in order to prevent that decay, the best you can use this little string of something. I don't even know what it really is. Stick it back there. I use the little holders. I don't do the, that's hard, you know, but it's just like you get back there and you floss, right? You floss to prevent decay. And so that's wisdom from our dentist, right, that we should do. But yet, if we do not take steps in doing, what are we? Knowledgeable without what? Works and steps, right? We're not applying the very wisdom that we've received from our dentist to do it. The similar is so. Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show up by their good deeds, their works, and that they're living out wisdom and humility. The wisdom they receive from God. The wisdom they know to be true right? And now we're seeing this complex that now we're beginning to understand that wisdom is not only something to know, but to also take steps and do, to live out. How beautiful that it could be. We could seek God for wisdom that we live out. Being doers of the word, not only hearers, right? We see that in James 2, this complex that it's not by the doing of our, like, like the things we do that we achieve faith and righteousness in Christ. That's only in faith, but yet our faith should produce good works, Similar is true with wisdom. The wisdom we receive from God should produce these good works in our life showing the wisdom we have in humility. And so, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Verse 14, we continue in this but. And there's these buts of the Bibles, right? Like, Like buts in the Bible. like But, as they show it, now we begin to see James differentiate some worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And this is where we're going to spend some, a few minutes together today, as he's really beginning to define the difference between the two. Here in verse 14, it says, "...but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom," and I love in my text, it's wisdom, right, "...does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice." Now, James begins to implore to us that there's a differentiating between the wisdom we may obtain from the world, from our sinful desire. And what are the marks of that? What are the two characteristics? Bitter envy and selfish ambition. Those who do good or bad works with bitter envy and selfish, selfish ambition in mind are working with worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom. What can I get? What can I get? What is in it for me? and me alone. How can I get what they have? Maybe in a bitter way, and upset with. maybe in a wrong way. How can I just get what they have? So we begin to see this differentiating between the wisdom we so operate with as much deeper than the cake or ice cream. So you're tracking with me so far, right? So then James continues in verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving considerate submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Wisdom that comes from God is pure, peaceful, peace-loving, it says, considerate, merciful of good fruit, right? How how are we to see the good fruits in our life? By the way we live out our faith, like the way way we applicably live out our faith, and not only that, who is wise among you? Those who live out humbly with the wisdom they've received. They're the doers. So we're beginning to see this difference in earthly, worldly wisdom we can obtain and heavenly wisdom we so need to seek after and really can only obtain from God and his word. James 3 continues. All right, but the wisdom, but back in James 1, we're actually going to back up just a little bit. <clears throat> We finish our James 3. We're going to back up just a little bit to the question of how then should we obtain heavenly wisdom? And so we see this complex, this two differences. How then must we or can we or may we obtain heavenly wisdom? We're going to go back to James 1. Let's go back to James chapter 1, two chapters beforehand. We're going to sit in kind of a chunk of scripture. It's going to be James 1, 2 through 8. Uh, but really, the preface of two through four is going to give us some context to why James delivers verse five through eight. Okay, so we're going to kind of chunk through it together. James one two through eight, and let's read it together. Verses two through four. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Pause. So we see this really interesting statement by James, right? And you have probably heard it, and we could go in a bunch of different directions, but we're going to kind of focus on the goal, ends, and mean of how to obtain wisdom in this passage. And so really quickly, James is imploring to us, consider it joy when we face what? Trials and hardships, right? Well, why would we consider it joy? And I love that James is so practical in his approach. We would consider it joy for what reason? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Or patience in other translations, if you're reading a different translation. But believe it or not, that word perseverance, patience, in the ancient Greek is actually hupomone. Hupomone is the object of the verb, which would mean patience or perseverance. Isn't the act that you sit in a hospital waiting room, and you're patiently persevering waiting, but yet you're using perseverance to finish a marathon, right? And so it's active, it's obediently active, pressing, continuing on, knowing that, the light in mind that God has a plan and that we trust him with it. That through our trials, he wants to continue to form our faith. We should perse- persevere in patience in this continuing of our walk, our run with Jesus. And so it's, it's super unique. He's saying, you, you're going to face trials. James knows that. Like, he knows that for us. God knows our trials. He sees that for us. We're going to face them, so then how should we consider them? Joyful because we know they're going to be a work in the progress of our faith. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Our faith grows through our hardships. Maybe some of you in the room, you've faced really tough things in life, maybe very recently. Trials and hardships that you're just walking through, maybe even right now. But those of you near, near the end, or maybe it's not an end, but it's a, it's a season, and you look back and you say, I've grown so much. I trust God so differently. I had uh, someone after the first service just approach me. She's been battling a sickness, a a severe one. And she said, my faith, you're so right. It was hard to consider it joy in the season, of course. But as I considered and, and as I had this perseverance, this patience with God and he with me, and this patience right, that is like running a race, finishing a marathon, I'm able to look back and see how good God was not only with me but through me, that my faith is so much stronger because of the hardship that I faced. Paul echoes the same exact idea in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Paul, in a different way in persecution and hardships and all of that, knows that God's going to work it all for the good of us. How good of a God that even when we're in hardships and trials and hard moments, that he works it for the good of our faith in him. That he's with us, he strengthens us. We get to look back and say, God, you were still good. And and even when it was hard and I was wondering if you were there, you were. And I'm able to be strengthened in my faith because of it. He turns what's truly bad for us on earth in our broken world and makes it only good for him. And so we see this really beautiful process that James is beginning to unravel here all the way to verse 5. Let me pause. Because we're beginning to see this, this moment that James sets up before verse 5. And it's something kind of like this Have you ever not known you needed something until you did? This um, is maybe just a problem for me. But I, I hate IKEA furniture. I'm sorry I said that out loud, okay? <laughs> I love it and hate it, let's be real. I have like so many, there's, but I used to live near an IKEA, right? And I would buy a can of furniture and bring it home. But if you're like me, maybe it's more guys in the room. I'd open the box, and the first things I do is throw away the what? Instructions. I don't need that stuff. It's a, it's a bookshelf. Like, it's a dresser, whatever, right? But as I go throughout the process of building what I think is a dresser, and what I know of it, I realize bags of thousands of screws. And it's own, they give you your own screwdriver, Kind of like, they, they, it's really for dummies, it feels like, because they're like, here's a screwdriver with it, you know? Don't need your, here's a wrench, whatever, right? And then I realized through half of the build that I need what? Those instructions. So of course I go look for them, they've been thrown out permanently, whatever. But really, like, this is like a trial for my life. Like, I'm trying to manage to build this thing, and yet what I didn't know I needed, I finally really see that I do. And I threw them away. I'm such a chump. right? This tension, it's like so tough. And I hate instructions. still. I haven't learned my lesson maybe, but regardless. And so what I built to look like a chair was supposed to be a dresser because I threw away the instructions, right? So it's just like a whole complex. But all in all, we're setting up in this passage in the context of what James is delivering here is that we will face trials throughout our life. We should through with you. And so then we see in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be what? Given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all gifts and hard moments, and then maybe realize we need God's wisdom for them. And the truth of the matter is, we really need God, God's wisdom for any season we face. We need his wisdom so desperately each and every day. But there's something about those trials and hardships that illuminate this deep, desperate need that we need your wisdom, God. And so James is beginning to deliver it in this passage. So beautifully so, right? What is the way, if any of us lack wisdom, that we may receive it from God? We ask. I was... I get like struck me that we we're 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 so blessed like we're we're so blessed as if you're a parent in the room and if you're a a student or kid in the room listen in because I'll give you some tips all right um but but on this process like we are so blessed to mimic God's heart for just our children asking like James's deliverance here is like literally if you need wisdom you just go and ask what do we know about God? He's all-knowing, all-powerful, Almighty. He knows our needs and desires. That is true of God. But yet what are we invited to do is ask. What does that point to God? He, 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 it points out that he wants a relationship with us, similar to the relationship we have with our kids. So if you're a parent, you know you want to provide for your children. You love them. You want them to have their wants and needs, and that's beautiful for you. But what do you also want them in relationship to do with you? Come to you and ask. You want that strong bond that they feel willing and, and comfortable and, and they love you. They know you love them, so they will come and ask, right? Like as a three, I have a three-year-old daughter, Della, who's at home, and I'm, I'm teaching her how to ask dad for what you need. Say, like, say it more clearly. Like I can't understand you, right? She's still learning to talk. Or like tell me, what's hurt, or like, tell me what I can do to help because I want her to ask me for those things. Now my, my understanding for her is I can kind of guess what she know, like, wants You know, I can kind of get, I know primarily what she needs, but as she grows, that'll become more gray and she'll need to really ask. And so similar is true with God. We literally are in this position in relationship with him that he invites us to ask. James is saying, if you need wisdom, you go and ask. Like with the relationship you have, you can come and ask and say, God, I need your wisdom because God, I I want to honor you. Right? We have an opportunity now because of Jesus to approach God and ask. And so it's such a beautiful, like, like thing we even get to practice in our world today in, in, in an extremely different way, but with our kids. And so kids, like I said, you know, start asking. Start asking. So then we know seasons will come when we need wisdom. We're challenged to ask. And the similar of the same is true with God. But as we kind of wrap up this morning, I wanted to leave you with a few steps you could take to continue to seek after God and obtain wisdom from him. And the first one is this. We ask, James 1.5. We just explain that in depth, that we go and we ask God for the wisdom we so need in the season, trial, or even the general life moment we're in. We can go to him and ask, as James 1.5 says. The second is this. We look. We look. We look. We look in God's word for wisdom. The beauty about this book, the Bible, that you're sitting on, well, not literally, but it's under your seat, right, or you're opening in front of you, is that it's a complete work of God for us to read and grow to know him and know his will for our life, what he commands of us, how to follow him best, but also true wisdom from God that's written to us already. And so we can actually not only ask God for the wisdom we need, but we can also look for it faithfully in his word. Uh, uh, a, a um, commentator I really love. He said this: True wisdom will always be consistent with God's word. Like, like as we seek God's word and we 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 seek Him in His word and we seek out the wisdom He's already written, breathed out for us to read. The wisdom we obtain from Him through through prayer and and just sitting with Him and asking sincerely will be a consistent process of. The Lord opening doors and really giving me the wisdom to take steps with him on this next step for our church and for me. And I ha- have had to so very practice and stop and ask God, what would be of you, God, not of selfish ambition or envy, but God, what would you want for me? God, what wisdom do you have for this next step and season for my life? And you all get to see that so intimately with me. It's so fun. Because we're all a part of this process together with our church and next week's vote and with this process with me. But that's the beautiful part about how God set this up for our church and, and the governing of our church. Like The beautiful part is we all get to be a part of this process of seeking and discerning God's wisdom for our church. If you're a member, you're a part of that. How beautiful and wonderful that is. But but where are you personally with that? Not only for the the, the church and the forward progress here, but also personally in the progress in your own life, in your family, in your workspace, where you serve, where you go. God, where where can I set aside selfish ambition, the, the wisdom the world wants me to know, and set aside and seek your wisdom, the heavenly wisdom I know you want to give for whatever season situation you're in. So, friends, may I encourage you, like a season I've been in, to ask. And and I'm I'm part of this journey. It's so beautiful. We're nearing the end now. It's like the end or beginning. You know, we're like here to the vote next week, uh, for this position for me. And I'm able to look back and say, God, okay, I've sat before you, and I've prayed so often for your wisdom, and you seemingly have given it every single time, through conversations, Q and As through moments of doors continuing to open, through conversations with elders, all of that. God, thank you for giving me the wisdom I so need. But I still need it. I still need it in the next step, the next wherever it is. So I'd encourage you, the same as me, to submit and seek God's wisdom daily. I'm going to pray for us and invite the worship team uh, to come up. I, just, I, I was so challenged by this word because I know that I need to continually put myself in a position of seeking after God's wisdom. Uh, and I encourage you to do the same. So let's pray and just, and just close here. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for your word, God. Thank you for how good you are to us to give us relationship with you that we may approach you and ask. God, I thank you for the way you're using us to uh, share the gospel of Jesus with friends and the way you're using us in our gifts and abilities to serve. But uh, God, I pray that wherever we're at in a season, maybe with our family or our personally, God, I just pray that we're able to come before you. And simply ask, God, would you give us the peace we need, the direction we need to follow you? Lord, would you help illuminate those just, just people around us who are wise that we could walk alongside as we want to walk with the wise to become wise, as your word says. So God, we thank you and entrust um, this morning to you, and not even that, this next week to you, God, as we seek after you, um, and, and seeking after wisdom that you could give. God, we love you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.